Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe. So good to have you back here on The Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. It's Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe. Our very special guest uh, coming up here in, uh, well, not that long is uh, Stephen Addis, CEO of Addis Creason. We'll tell you more about Stephen uh, before we get into the interview. And uh, looking forward to talking. Uh, Stephen is in Berkeley, California. Very famous place. And we have, uh, let's see, in just a few moments, uh, our brand new feature with our good friend Jean Bliss. The customer experience is her uh, feature. And uh, today we're going to talk about how you to de-silo your website. Okay? Don't want to have a silo in your website. So we'll do that. We've got a little bit later on Patrick Meyer, the Marketing Insider, Content Express as well. Here on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. There's a, uh, there's a paper called the International Herald Tribune. Mm-hmm. And it's probably an international paper, right? Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, actually out of London. Uh, it says consumers word is best advertisement survey shows. Uh, the the, <laughs> the uh, disquieting finding for marketers, at least, is that among U.S. consumers, the word most closely associated with advertising is not true but false. Hmm. Interesting. How the uh, the Word Association project carried out in conjunction with a broader survey by Nielsen of consumer attitude toward Advertising in 47 countries, I find this interesting. The study showed that consumers typically place more trust in recommendations from other consumers than in other advertising. Well, kind of that's what advertising is all about, uh, dear sweet Eric Fanner, who wrote this article. Uh, the picture is not all gloom and doom for marketers or media owners relying on advertising. The study shows, for instance, that consumers in developing markets still have relatively high levels of trust in advertising. This is silly. Even mm. if their counterparts in developed countries are more cynical. For instance, in the Philippines and Brazil, 67% of consumers say they generally trusted advertising. So here's the, here's the scoop, folks. You want to sell something? You want to scam somebody? Go there. <laughs> they mm-hmm. still trust you. This is an interesting article. I find it, uh, I, I don't know, it's uh, Buzzmetrics is involved in this thing as well. Um, anyway, kind of funny that folks uh, trust word of mouth better than uh, they do advertising or consider it false. I really don't uh, necessarily agree with that, Brad. How about you? Well, you know, uh, it, I was hearkening back to watching PBS. Uh, they had a program recently on that basically took uh, I can't remember the title, but it was a history of primetime or something like that. And it goes yeah. back to vaudeville and goes up through radio and then uh, the launch of uh, television. Yeah. And what was interesting is they took all the the big name uh, names you would know, of course, Red Skelton sure. being one of them. Yeah. And uh, Red Skelton was interviewed, and he was talking about how this is word of mouth that he's talking. He's talking about how when he was in vaudeville, this would have been the 20s and 30s, he would call the hotel lobbies and have himself paged and that would be when (laughs) back in the days when and he said people would look around the red skeleton who's red skeleton oh i saw something on he's playing down here and he goes and that's how i help promote my my uh, appearance (laughs) so word of mouth goes back to the 20s and 30s as you you know as far as the believability and all that lynn upshaw is going to be an upcoming guest that's an author of uh author of a book called trust uh entitled trust and it's an interesting read and maybe we can get into that with him right absolutely you know speaking of pbs interestingly enough here uh, the the local affiliate uh, where 
here in Houston, um, has has taken to playing what appears to be infomercials about mm. music. In other words, they've got this series of, uh, of music from like the 60s and the 70s, mm-hmm. and they did the doo-wop and the Motown and... And all that kind of stuff. And they have the, this concert where all of these people played, or at least the remnants of the groups played. Yeah. And then what they'll do is they'll play this. It, it's like watching an infomercial. And then they yeah. come back with, and hey, by the way, you can have this yeah. uh, wonderful uh, DVD for your pledge of 150 right. bucks. It's like, wait a minute. You know, I minute. saw that. I saw that. They're using it as, as a fundraising tool, and I agree. It's, and a it's lot. Very, yeah. It's yeah. distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, hold on a minute. Obviously, somebody said, you know, we're making a heck of a lot of money off of this. Maybe we ought to uh, tap into this a little bit more. And I have to give them credit for looking for ways to, to raise money. But, yeah. but it, honest to God, it, it sounds like an, it looks like an infomercial. Well, um, I DVR'd it, uh, T-Vote it, and uh, was able to go through the fundraising portion of it in my market. And, and yeah. I saw exactly what you're talking about. They had some... Uh, they had some groups that we hadn't heard. You know, was, one was from the 70s, I think. And my wife and I said, "Come here and look. At, remember this song?" And she said, stood there and said, "Oh my goodness!" And it was had all those groups. And like you, Ray, you look at them and go, "Okay, who of the original group is like still standing here?" Not many. No. Like England Dan and John Ford Coley. Mm-hmm. England Dan split. <laughs> it's just John Ford Coley. Yeah. So here we are promoting. But it, it was kind of cool to see these people. I, I have to admit that. It was kind of neat. But mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like I'm looking at a Time Life uh, you know, infomercial. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, a little bit confusing there, but that's fine. That Stephen Addis is our uh, special guest coming up here on the advertising show. Let me tell you a little bit about Stephen. After beginning his career as a professional photographer, Stephen uh, entered uh, brand management at Clorox, where he led the, the new products group back in 87. Stephen left uh, Clorox to create a new breed of consultancy that blends excellence in both brand strategy and design expression. Now, for 20 years, Stephen's passion is uh, helping companies find the deepest resonance with their audience has uh, led to a diverse group of clients. Uh, clients include uh, Intel, uh, Kashi Foods, uh, GE Healthcare, 24-Hour Fitness, Blue Shield, uh, William Sonoma, Lego, uh, UC Berkeley, Caesars Palace, and a whole bunch more as well. So, so uh, the, the company is actually called Addis Creason. Stephen is CEO of that uh, company. And uh, they're focusing on creating positive change in the world in four distinct practice areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, healthy lifestyle, food, fitness, healthcare, beauty, great ideas, social chains, green brands, political, social betterment, future tense, uh, innovation, technology, education, and shared experience, retail, hospitality, and online. I like the way they kind of clustered that all together. It's very cool. Yeah. So we'll tell you more about uh, Stephen and his company and what he's doing as we get uh, into our interview. Right now, uh, as we promised you a little bit uh, earlier, Gene Bliss, the customer experience, wants us to de-silo our website. And if you don't know what that means, you probably ought to listen, okay? Welcome to the Customer Experience, making customers your true priority for a profitable outcome. With your host, author, speaker, consultant, and customer crusader, Gene Bliss. Our websites are often the cobbled-together parts created separately by each company division. The terminology is different from area to area, as are the menu structures and logic for getting around the site. What's accessible online is frequently inconsistent, as is the contact information provided. Even appearance may vary as strong silos create their own look, which extends into their section of the website. And depending on what link is clicked, customers feel like they're entering an entirely different company. 
Figure out collectively what your message is on your website, what the vitals are that you need from customers and how you will serve them via your site, and work to deliver an on-purpose brand experience. Otherwise, you'll continue to deliver the defaulted brand experience that's the amalgamation of the site your customers are traversing right now. This is Jean Bliss reminding you your customers are the most valuable asset of your business. This has been your weekly installment of The Customer Experience with Jean Bliss. Directing transformational customer insights for major U.S. market leaders, Jean is corporate America's change agent for a new inspirational understanding of today's consumer. To learn more about Gene's books and speaking engagements, or simply how to drive customer profitability for your company, log on to CustomerBliss.com. It's Gene Bliss here on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Stephen Addis coming up here in just a few moments. Stephen has a blog, too, by the way, and uh, we'll tell you more about that in just a moment. What do you have there, Brad? Well, you know, uh, for anyone that's visited uh, Hawaii, for example, the, the first thing a lot of people notice, especially if you're in the uh, advertising marketing business, is the there is... No. <laughs> there are no billboards, and uh, billboards are not something you find in in the beautiful state of uh, Hawaii on any of the islands, and mm-hmm. whether it's big city Honolulu or any other uh, island, uh, you don't see that. And recently, Sao Paulo, uh, Brazil, uh, made history, Ray, by banning ads on billboards, neon signs, and electronic panels, and now uh, Rio, Rio de Janeiro is considering a similar measure, according to uh, Advertising Age, just came out. So I think really? that's a pretty newsworthy, don't you? We put some ads on the coconuts there, right? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and Stephen Addis coming up next on the Advertising Show. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Stephen Addis, our special guest, CEO of Addis Creason. The uh, the uh, website, by the way, is Addis A D D I S Creason C R E S O N dot com. And uh, Stephen's current blog, which discusses how profound shifts in consumer expectations mandate new business rules in eliciting consumer trust, is at curatoreffect.com. Stephen, great to have you here on the Advertising Show. Welcome. Great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, and as we heard uh, Ray read in your your company bio, uh, I'm sorry, your 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 own bio and a little background on your company, he mentioned the four uh, categories or, or practice areas that uh, Addis Creason specializes in: health, health, uh, healthy lifestyle, shared experience, future tense, and social change. I'm curious, Stephen, why did you guys decide to focus on these particular areas of practice? Yeah, after about 20 years in business, uh, my my uh, partner and I, John Croissant, looked at each other and thought, looked back at what we've been what we've been working on and what we had the most fun and uh, working on, and, and we realized that we really gravitate toward companies that are focusing on some sort of positive change. So, if they were in the food business, they were they were focusing on food that wasn't junk food that was uh, that had some positive nutrition, or if it was technology. It was things that really improved the world. Like we worked a lot, we worked uh, for for many many years with Intel. And we both have kids, and we said to ourselves, you know, we, we want to be proud of what we create demand for, so let's really limit ourselves. And about a year ago, we said, hey, let's let's explicitly limit ourselves to to brands that have uh, and, and clients who have some desire to to simply improve the world. 
tall order, I think, although it's certainly an area of specialization. I say tall order only in that uh, a lot of uh, corporate America may, in today's world, pretend to, be, to pretend to want to do all those things, and they do that for uh, public relations reasons. But to find some, a company that really uh, uh, shares in that uh, attitude and philosophy, I, I would think, uh, is not abundantly out there. What, what, what's been your experience, Stephen? I think what they're what they're going to school on these days is that the uh, uh, one of my clients calls the purity of intent has to be real and and, mm-hmm. the, and, the, and the brands that are that really mean it and are not inauthentic are, are actually the ones that uh, that succeed and I think that uh, co- big companies are are making that part of their recruiting practices and really focusing on people that that really do care so I, I do think it's it's uh, it's something that that you know you mentioned earlier in the segment that um, people don't trust advertising, and I think you know the jig's up. It's time to really focus on on brands that share a particular value structure with a, with an audience. And audiences now, with the tools they have, are much smarter to figure out who's real and who's not. So I think they're going to see a lot more a lot, a lot more truth in advertising coming back. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I certainly. Uh I think you're, you're right, and, and we'll look for that and, and hope for, for the evolution of that in, in a more abundant way than what we have seen in the past. Explain what's involved in future tense and, and give us some examples of clients that you serve in this area. I, I, we, I think we all understand healthy lifestyle, shared experience, and social change, but future tense, uh, what, what exactly is that? Yeah, rather than, um, rather than focusing our, our four practice areas on, on particular verticals or, or industries, we, we wanted to, although they do cover, cover that, we really wanted to focus on more of a, a, a psychographic or a philosophical approach to, to the different groups. So Future Tense is simply technology companies, um, education. So we, we do uh, work with UC Berkeley. Uh, tech start, we're working with a tech startup in Israel right now. Uh, like I mentioned, in, uh, Intel, we worked with, uh, we created the, the name Turn, which is an advertising network. So things that are mainly online and, and, a, and a technology or educational base. So things that we're really looking toward pr- progress in the future. Mm-hmm. And I would think, you know, hats off to you, to your uh, new business uh, philosophy, I would think, works to, to your benefit in that, you know, when you find a company that lines up with your, uh, I don't know, criteria for a better uh Term uh, that that they would want to be attracted to a company like yours because you're in effect saying this is what we specialize in. You fit our criteria, and you kind of turn that whole relationship around, right? Well, it's, I mean, it's it's really nothing more profound than taking our own medicine or taking our own advice. We advise our clients to really focus on finding the the truth in a brand and not not weaving it out of you know and, and making things up uh, and creating meaning where, where where meaning doesn't exist. And so we want to, and, 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 and that idea of sharing sharing value structure with your audience. Well, our clients are our audience. So we're, we, it, yeah, when when we do find a client that does fit these parameters, boy, it's a, it's a, one, it's just a lot more fun, and, and it's a lot more long term, and it creates a, uh, an environment and a, and a relationship that all of my my staff gets very very excited about, and uh, it's not something that has to be forced and. You know, needless to say, there's a lot of agency-client relationships that uh, that are forced, and they're 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 trying their best to get along. And this way, if, if it's not a good fit, we we don't even go down that path. 
Mm-hmm. And, and uh, next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Advertising Age article that you wrote, uh, the period in Advertising Age last summer, uh, entitled Raise Your Brand to the Level of a Peer, which I know a lot in a lot of cases uh, – uh, you talk about the curator culture, and again, we'll, we'll talk more about that next segment. But you're quoted as saying, Stephen, that brands that define the future are your biggest challenge. What do you mean by that? Well, the brands that uh, that really that really work to 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 look forward rather than back are the ones that are the pioneers. And, and I think that there's just so much. You know, when I was on the client side, there was there's there's I found just looking at companies out there, there's 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 so so much reticence to creating a new brand. Um, the 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 world is just line extended to death, and it was not about really creating new original thoughts. It was about leveraging brands that are already out there to a point where they get so stretched that I think they 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 fall they or and big they they fall on their own weight and people just don't trust them anymore. So I guess what I'm talking about is is having the courage to get out there in front and not worrying about, you know, the, the, what I hear, what I used to hear from traditional marketers was that, you know, pioneers get the arrows in their back and we, you know, we have to be a fast follower and, and I, I just, I just don't, I just don't buy it. I think that, that, uh, that the, the, the true winners tomorrow are brands that probably don't even exist today. Mm-hmm. And there's, there, there's so, so much more, um, Openness on consumers' parts to trying new brands. Uh, that I think that courage is really going to really continue continues to be to be uh, rewarded, and that's just not something that's a focus. This kind of this courage to pioneer a new category or a new brand is uh, is not really part of the old school marketing. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, but I think the challenge, I guess, for you guys would be how you get into a predictive mode and know what. Uh, uh, what brands are going to shape the future. Frankly, I don't think Apple knew that the iPod would take off as well as it did. I'm sure they expected uh, great things, but who could have imagined? Yeah, they're probably happy about that, too, right, Brad? <laughs> Absolutely. On the Advertising Show, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Stephen Addis out of uh, Berkeley is CEO of Addis Creason and our special guest here on the Advertising Show, being powered by Shippel.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. It's an incredible uh, web marketing company, uh, and a, a platform called Tendency really kind of jazzes up the website as well. So check it out. Shipple.com is the place. We've got uh, a little bit later on this hour, Patrick Meyer coming up, the marketing insider. He's going to talk about Content Express. And, of course, uh, more with uh, Stephen and uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here on the Advertising Show. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. You are like no other babe ever born. You're fabulous, babe. You know how to reach out and show your love, babe. You're fabulous, babe. 
You're one of the boys, but you're a real girl. She's one of the boys, Brad. <laughs> Welcome back to the Advertising Show, Ray Schillens, Brad Forsythe. Stephen uh, Addis, uh, CEO of Addis Croissant, is our special guest and uh, out of Berkeley. Stephen, it's great to have you here. Thanks for uh, participating today. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know, we mentioned earlier that we're going to jump into uh, the Ad, Ad Age article that you wrote and talk a little bit about the curator uh, culture, as you call it. Uh, first of all, why don't we start by just talking a little bit about what exactly is the creator, uh, sorry, curator culture and what's behind this new cultural phenomenon that you're talking about here. Well, I've been thinking a lot about what... Uh what a CMO is to do when we're confronted with, uh, or my clients are confronted with this, this, this point that it's all about word of mouth and the, uh, the, the, the consumers are looking to each other rather than to, to brands for what they're learning about uh, brands. And I thought back about um, you know, when the tools of mass communication were completely owned by the manufacturers, John Cameron Swayze would come on TV and and show you a demonstration of a watch. And, you know, my friends couldn't do that for me. Or a doctor would come out and say, whoa, this cigarette's actually healthy. And, boy, that, 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 was, that was highly credible. And I think a uh, couple things have, have, uh, have um, conspired to, to, uh, to change our opinion. One is we've realized that a lot of those, those claims were false, and cigarettes, lo and behold, are not healthy for us. And, uh, and, and two, the tools of mass communication are now in the hands of us, of, of, of regular folk. And so what, what I'm really focusing on these days is how can, how can a CMO really com- compete with this idea of the peers are really the curators of all the content that's out there. And when you go to buy a camcorder, you're going to go online. You're not going to go necessarily to the website of the manufacturer. You're going to go to review sites, and you're going to be looking to others. And brands have that now to contend with. So the curator culture simply acknowledges the fact that it's, not, it's no longer a marketing culture. And, in fact, I think this word marketing is quite outmoded because that seems one-directional. Um, but it's, um, it's really a curator culture where we're looking to each other and peers for them to, uh, as the ones that are highly credible and, and, and the ones we trust. And so I'm focusing on well, what does a brand do in, in the face of that? So is that uh, is that all because of the evolution of the internet and the ability to uh, spread the word? Because you, you mentioned in in the article that a curator has the ability to sway millions of other consumers, and immediately we think in terms of blogging and other yes. uh, communication vehicles out there. Is that what you're talking about here, Stephen? I am, but I think that the most profound is is simply putting in a uh, putting in a review on a, on a website and it's 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 it's, it's incre- I'm incredibly impressed when I go to apple.com and I and I'm looking for a particular I was looking for the new airport for instance and they had negative and positive reviews right there on the website and this was a manufacturer showing me the warts you know their their products warts and all and that reviewer I think, you know, I, I don't want to say it's all about the, the bloggers, but, boy, I go to Gizmodo before I buy anything, mm-hmm. and I'm certainly going to, to, to trust what, what they tell me. But as simple as simply reviewing a book after you read it on Amazon, I mean, that is, that is incredible power that doesn't take a lot of time and really doesn't take an influencer or a, an evangelist. It's just somebody that simply uh, puts in their review on a product. And it's, it's amazing the fact that people, without any reward other than the knowledge that, well, since I'm putting in, I'm also taking out. That's my reward is that I'm taking out, I'm looking at reviews, I might as well put in a review is to kind of keep up the social, the social contract of the web. 
How many marketers today do you think get what you were what you're describing there, which is really consumer community and allowing consumers to uh, uh, speak about uh, a company on their very own website and getting consumer feedback and allowing that uh, forum to exist uh, within their own website? I think they understand it enough to be terrified, <laughs> but yeah. don't understand it enough to really embrace it. And if you look at you know HP.com, boy, I would love to see. Uh, you know, that's simply brochureware. They're marketing at me. It's, it's true sense of marketing uh, versus Apple, which is, um, which, is, which is very much creating a dialogue. I go into a Sony store. All I see are Sony products. I go into an Apple store. I see a whole ecosystem. Apple is, is becoming the curator, and they are now ri- raising their level, their, the level of their brand to the, to the level of a peer. So I can trust them because they're, I'm going to walk in and they're going to create. They want my iPod experience to be rich and multidimensional. So they'll put their product, their speaker set, right next to five competitor speaker set because they simply want to sell more iPods and not just keep me in the Apple brand and at the exclusion of all others. So they've really created a, a wonderful ecosystem and, and have helped thought about my whole, whole experience rather than just selling me more stuff. Yeah, and next segment we're going to talk a little bit about how companies who want to reach consumers uh, who look after one another cultivate this particular market because you're you're hitting upon uh, a very important point there. But before we do that, and we just have a, a few minutes, uh, yeah, less than a minute left here. We have here. about uh, 20 seconds left. Here. 20 seconds? Well, we'll just save it for next segment. Stop getting tap dance. You were doing that before. <laughs> yeah. And it was just it was nice to see you. Uh, Stephen Addis, CEO of Addis Croissant is our guest out of uh, Berkeley, California, here on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And I can tell you've got a bunch of questions there, and you're just aching to ask them. We've got one more segment to do that. Stephen, we'll be right back. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Burgess is a darn good battery. In my hand, I have a Burgess battery, the darn good battery, and that other battery. Now, tell me what I am doing. Well, you're stepping on it. We know that already, though, didn't we? Great conversation and a great guest as well here on the Advertising Show. Time flies. Stephen Addis, CEO of Addis Croissant. And, uh, Stephen, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, let's imagine you're a C-level executive listening in to your, uh, your and our interview today, and, and you're a company that wants to reach these particular consumers that you're describing, the, the, the curator culture that you're, you're so, uh, 
very well describing as the unique and, and highly influential market that I think a lot of companies would want to align themselves with. How do you do it? Well, I would uh, first step back and look at some of the companies that have been just innately doing this uh, for years, before even before the internet became such a such a vehicle. Um, you know, uh, Southwest Airlines uh, just creating the, this idea of this this immersive experience and being true to their brand at every touch point. So there's no, you know, I, I, I often talk about, you know, there's the, you're, you're looking at a very expensive ad for a, uh, for a bank on TV, and as you're sitting there, you're opening your statement, and you get this slocky little, little uh, statement stuffer, and it's because the companies, it's very typical for them not to value that one touch point as much as they value the expensive touch point. I think Southwest really understands that they're only as strong as the weakest link, and, and every point has to be, has to be, uh, has to be very positive, but, I guess I'd start by by shedding some of the the old the old old school thoughts like simply don't be inauthentic. Um, I think if you look at uh, Hannaford Foods, which is a, a, a store chain in a, a grocery store chain in, in, in New England, they have these guiding stars, these these uh, ratings of nutritional ratings of their products right in the store, bad, good, and indifferent. They put they put these stars on there. And you contrast that to what Pepsi's doing with the uh, Smart Spot program. I find the Smart Spot program quite inauthentic. It's uh, basically a program where you look for this green spot on a Pepsi, Quaker, or Tropicana, any of the PepsiCo products. And, it, and it's really put on there, the criterion is this, if they have something that's worse, they'll put it on the something. So they'll have it on Diet Pepsi rather than Pepsi. There's no positive nutrition to Diet Pepsi. But they're telling people that it's a, that it's that they're they're wrapping it in kind of this greenwashing of positive positive nutrition. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd start by just shedding shedding the old the old mentality that that we can kind of spin spin some of these things um, to the positive when they really shouldn't be. Um, you know, you 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 mentioned um, as you as I you as you were describing that, I was thinking in terms of Ben and Jerry's, and and I started thinking that I would imagine if you were to go back a few decades. Uh, there have been companies like a Ben and Jerry's that created a, a curator cultural following without really setting out to do that as a strategy. Have you found that to be the case? Yeah, exactly. Um, and what's what I what I love about something like Ben and Jerry's is that the, there was there was real truth in what they what they did. They never said this was anything that was that it was not. You know, I'm all for you. if you're selling donuts, sell donuts. You know, KFC tried a uh, for a very short time. They tried a health benefit relative right. that they were had less fat relative to, to a Big Mac or something like that. And come on, just it's you know, a donut. <laughs> yeah, if you sell candy, sell candy, but right. don't don't try to wrap things in something that that they're not. I mean, well, that's what you said about McDonald's as well. The same donut right. thing, right? Exactly. And you know, I saw on the uh, Today Show not so long ago. I think it was the Today Show that was exposing how uh, Subway uh, is not as healthy as you think it is, and they've done a great job of uh, playing that out. And uh, it's it sometimes uh, some of those sandwiches you're buying, uh, this is allegedly, I'm not promoting this or, or saying yeah. something that I'm totally clear on, but, you know, it's as many calories and fat calories as a Big Mac. So right. uh, I guess the consumer, lot, the y- yes, and the consumer figures that out. Uh, a couple minutes left here. You mentioned uh, actually, with Brad. Uh, yes. No. That's nope. not true, uh, because we have this. We're all out here. of time. We are exactly. Yes. 
Stephen Addis, CEO of Addis Grissant. Uh, Stephen, it's been a pleasure having you here. We invite folks to go to the website, addisgrissant.com, and also check out your blog, too, at curatoreffect.com. Stephen, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being part of the advertising Thanks show. Thanks for having me. We'll be back with more. We've got uh, Patrick uh, Meyer coming up here in just a moment on the advertising show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. I love Basco. It's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate-flavored Basco is mighty good for me. Yes, Saria, Basco certainly would go nice right now, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Stephen Addis, uh, Addis Cresson, uh, CEO there, and uh, by the way, his blog is uh, curatoreffect.com. I like I like the fact that they've designed themselves around that. I also thought his comments were very interesting, since they're my feelings as well mm-hmm. about uh, about uh, you know be what you're going to be and don't right. try to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. You've what said that often, uh, especially about McDonald's. Yeah, Lynn, mm-hmm. Upsh- Lynn Upshaw has written a book talking about truth. It's mm-hmm. called Truth. Uh, Lynn is going to be with us uh, next week here on the advertising show, so we look forward to uh, chatting with Lynn. I don't know what part of the country he is in, but it'll be fun. Hey, uh, we all, we're both Starbucks fans. Mm-hmm. Are, you're still a Starbucks fan, right? Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Um, this is kind of cool. I love the fact that Starbucks does so many neat things, <laughs> including build more stores, which makes it a lot <laughs> easier to go. Uh, if you like the song you hear playing at Starbucks, it can't wait till you get home or to a computer to download it. Uh, certain Starbucks stores are now uh, helping out people with an iPhone or an iTunes hmm. uh, load it onto a laptop and download the songs they hear over the speakers directly on those devices. The price, 99 cents a song. It's a small price. It's what they charge. Uh, but uh, basically, Starbucks says to satisfy an immediate urge. You know, I've gone into Starbucks before, and I've seen mm-hmm. the CDs and such, and it was like, you know, doggone, I'd love to have that. Uh, they said for the customer, it's instant gratification. And uh, you'll hear the song, be able to identify what it is, and download it to the device. And that is just the tip of the what they call the iced latte. <laughs> <laughs> Businesses are using new technologies to enhance the impulse buy so consumers can purchase their temptations whenever they want, wherever they are, before the urge passes. Like buying a car. That's why some car dealerships won't let you off the lot. Yeah. <laughs> and right. some furniture stores won't let you out of the furniture store. <laughs> That's true. Because if you leave, you're probably not going to buy. Anyway. You know, it's uh, in the retail business, they call that the impulse items, and that's what you see when you're at the checkout counter. And sure. I think uh, I think Starbucks, uh, you know, gosh, uh, hats off to a great marketer there and a, a company that established a brand with very little advertising and, yeah. and understands branding and understands how to broaden their, their product lines without uh, alienating their core customers, which not a lot can do nowadays. They, they tend to you know, get too much out there and then lose yeah. what they're all about. But, they're very uh, cautious and very measured. I like that mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah. Patrick Meyer has a brand new feature. It's all about Content Express here on the Advertising Show. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. One of our clients was under the gun. Six weeks to a sales meeting. Stuff not coming out the way they expected. They brought in Madison Avenue Agency, us with a SWAT team of people, and a few other resources. They gave us seven days to come back with big marketing idea for summer 2007, and then to turn around and also deliver all the integrated components that would drive it. So as we came back, we brought a very different concept back. It's what we called smart bombing. The idea of creating TV spots that were geared to occasions and topicality and things going on across the summer. There were 15-second TV spots done on a Mac 
by two young guys drilling these things out in less than 24 to 48 hours, all at a cost of under $14,000 apiece. So the idea was to do over 20 TV spots, done rapidly, put on air, put on radio, and going on at key times. But my bigger point here is that there are groups of people, small boutiques, independent film groups that are capable of doing stuff incredibly fast, incredibly cheap, doing it on max, and with amazing creativity. So here's what I would ask you to do as you go forward with your marketing plan. Get your agency, your marketing team, your internal staff in a room and say, if we could come out a different way with more efficient commercial production, how would we drive our business more aggressively? times of the year, topical events, equities and other things that we've got going on across the year. What could we do differently? Explore new resources with your team. Pick out something to test. Get your feet wet. It could completely unlock what you do with your advertising and media as you do efficient creative production to go with it. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. This is Patrick Meyer as your Marketing Insider. And remember, the revolution is now. Hey, you want to know more? Go to nowing.net or send me an email at patrick at nowing.net. Stephen Upshaw is, uh, or Lynn Upshaw. I'm mm-hmm. confusing these guys. It's his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn Upshaw is our guest. The, the, he's got a book out. He's got several books, but one is called Truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll have him on the show next week. Thanks again to Stephen Addis. Uh, Addis Grissant. And uh, it was a good uh, good show today. Yeah. What do you have there? Well, uh, you know, we don't talk politics very often here, and that's by design. But i got to tell you, Ray, uh, there was a little expose on uh, one of the news channels the other day, and it was on Hillary Clinton and her uh, laugh. And they were trying to decide whether her laugh, her little giggle thing that she does is, uh, uh, and sometimes it's more than just a giggle, that it's some kind of shield, you know, a way to, to... uh, get the attention off of her or to avoid a, a, a probing question. And I don't know about you, but the more I see uh, Hillary Clinton uh, being uh, in these debates and various other places and being asked questions, she's getting cocky. Well, sure. I mean, she's really getting out of her, what I consider her comfort zone there. And really, uh, and you know, it'll be interesting to see if she ends up uh, uh, winning the Democratic uh, nomination. But she's come a long way. I'm not saying I'm voting for her. I'm just saying as an observer on the sidelines watching all this, it's uh, it's interesting. Well, I think my perception of her, she's always been the cocky one. It was Bill who wasn't. Uh, Mm Hmm. And, Maybe uh, she was kind of behind the scenes and not letting it out so much. There, exactly. Is what you're and and yeah. Bill, Bill, instead of laughs, he smirks. So, yeah, uh, well, but it's re- he's it's got really a lot to smirk a lot. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, they, they also just said that uh, recently that uh, that uh, Clinton just passed Obama in the um, you know in the in the uh, polls, fundraising yes. things. No, no, oh, not the polls. Money. I got gotcha. you. More huh. cashola to do the uh, commercial advertisements yeah. and, and hmm. word of mouth. Of course, we all like that as well. Right. So that's that. Well, uh, you know, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to mention it was in the news recently. Uh, you know, we're big fans of Google. I use them for my search engine. I know you do as well, and you have a, a business relationship with them. They announced the fact that they have they are doing uh, creating an in-house advertising agency for themselves. Yeah. So when they advertise, and they stole a guy from Ogilvy Mather, New York, to uh, to head up their their firm, it was announced smart. recently. I thought that was interesting. Very smart. They're doing a lot of good things now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you're right. Well, it, and it's fun to watch these companies grow like that too, as well. Whether it be Apple or or, or Google or, or Microsoft or anybody like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, good stuff. I uh, hope you enjoyed the advertising show today. 
you know, you can always come to theadvertisingshow.com. There are a whole bunches of interviews up here on the website uh, that are available for you to listen and share with friends anytime, theadvertisingshow.com, of course. And the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. We hope you visit them online, too, at adage.com. Well, to see you next week. We'll be here, and gosh, you ought to be, too, right? The Advertising Show. It's a big radio midgets production. <laughs>